0: Hello, hello. Hello. Welcome to this week's episode of Nyasha Misa Grace. I'm Nana. I'm Nyasha. And we're coming at you with something a little bit different. Very different. I'm really excited about this because you know how much we love you. We tell you this every single episode. We love your comments. We love your stories. We love just hearing from you. So we're actually changing a little bit for this week and next week as well. Yes. Yeah. We have got we want to hear more of your voices we've always said that this is a campfire and it's a yeah. it's a society it's a where we can all sit and we can all talk and we can have a wider community of us speaking yeah. so we've actually been speaking to some really interesting people yeah as we, we do as we do <laughs> as you are listeners <laughs> so you know and what we're going to do for this episode is let them speak let them tell their story uh-huh. let them really think about their experience with their hair. And you'll notice that there are changes and there are differences between our stories, but actually at the end of the day, there's, there's something that unites us all together. Yes. Which
1: was when we started doing this. Um, I think it was one of those things that we had planned Mm. for the long term. Yeah. I don't think we were going to do it so soon. Yeah. Yeah. But as it so happens, you know, I went to a fabulous event Mm -hmm. sometime in March, and there was just so many wonderful women at this at this event, right. but one of them, we got chatting. We did And she was like, "I how do how do I how yeah. do I get to be a part of this?" You know it was just like, you know, well, can I is this relevant to me? Mm. How do I fit into this?" Yeah And I thought, actually, yeah, how does she fit into this?" Mm. Um, and then I thought of all the myths the and the the misinformation that yeah. we have and the beliefs that we have yeah. about our own hair mm. and I thought it would be interesting to find out if non black people yeah. have got these same issues because right. if you look at if you look at marketing if you just look at the media right there's there's always especially magazines yeah <laughs> I have a love hate relationship with magazines because on one hand it's like oh look so and so has lost so much weight yeah and they've done this and the next minute it's oh my goodness they've put on weight and mm. they've done this it's almost like you can never do anything right as a woman yeah. so based on that I just thought let's explore hair yeah and hair as as identity hair mm. as as consumers right. of the media. Yeah. Um and especially the episode we did about Britain the Afro yeah. the media. Yeah. I I was curious to know so as we had this conversation mm. I was like, "Oh, you're welcome to join the oh, fireside." Yes. So who I do we have on today? Yeah. Today we have a conversation with the lovely Katie. Right. And so I think you and I are just going to maybe be quiet yes let her talk and we are going to play it's a recording guys so it's a it's it's a recording we had to record this earlier Mm. due to time constraints and you know the same way we keep saying to you guys send us your voice notes so katie made time for us we we're truly grateful for that so i hope you enjoy this week's episode um so my name is katie
2: um I live in the u k currently um i'm british and french um but also my family size immigrated to the states um i as I mentioned I also lived in Japan for five years um I was an English teacher there, but I also studied uh, sculpture okay um and um how i look uh so I'm quite tall um as i mentioned broad shouldered white skin um green eyes and my hair is a mix it is kind of I guess fairly dark and it, on some days it looks quite mousy and straight but actually yeah. because I have some Mediterranean heritage um I've got some Spanish in my uh father's family and I've kind of got some I don't know really how to describe it Jewish Hebrew kind of right uh, yeah So my mother's hair is very bushy and wild. So there's a little bit of that in there.
1: (laughs) Right, Um, right. In the midst of all your straight mousy hair, you've got this curly situation that happens.
2: I have a curly situation that happens. And um, so what mistake often hairdressers make is when they see me with the split ends and the hair is quite heavy and down, um, they think, oh, it's straight hair. Um, Right. And so they cut it with that idea. But what they don't realize is as soon as they cut it, it sort of flicks up. And it's all happy. And oh. <laughs> it's all happy and like, yes, I'm free. And let's go yeah. wild and curly and bushy. Right. Um, and so they're not prepared for that situation. So what happen- quite often happens is basically because it's not layered or because it's, um, they get the lengths wrong and um, it get- looks a bit too oddly shaped, I can't really explain it, like, so for example, because it it will become shorter, right? Respect, it will kind of like cloud around my head.
1: <laughs> so basically, you experience a version of shrinkage.
2: Oh. Is that what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> of yeah.
1: That's that's what that's what I would call that. A lot of um, a lot of black women will identify with that uh, yeah. as being shrinkage. It's like the hair just decides to shrink and it changes its length. So instead yeah. of being longer, it will start to appear shorter.
2: Yeah, exactly. So right. when it's wet, it's very long, and then when it's mm-hmm. dry, it's up in the air and um, quite sort of somewhere between a wave and a curl.
1: Right. Right.
2: Um, and so most, I don't really remember my child this bit, this being so much of a problem, but as I got older, maybe I became more of aware of it. Um, yeah. and especially when I lived in Japan and being a minority, um, I had issues finding hairdressers that understood my hair.
1: Um, <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to slow you down there yeah. just a little bit for the sake of our listeners, because we've got listeners, we've got listeners right around the globe really? and, wow a lot of our listeners are uh, either they're part of the African diaspora yeah. or they live in Africa so it's interesting just for you as a because if I see you I'm looking at you and I'm thinking oh there's a white woman yeah but you lived in Japan where um, some of our listeners may look at a Japanese person and think white woman Japanese but white and yet you felt that whilst you were in Japan you were actually an ethnic minority
2: well I was um technically um so japan yeah. is a homogenous society um yeah. and basically uh the population the foreign population is about two percent mm-hmm. um roughly uh, i think when i was there a few years ago it was more like one and a half percent so it, it's growing yeah. Um, yeah. but yes um so most hairdressers don't have much training um and so it's
1: when you say they don't have much training, what do you mean by that? Well,
2: I don't. Maybe it's training or if it's experience. Because basically, one of the worst experiences that I had, um, I went to a Japanese hairdresser um, down the street from me, and he told me that he trained at Tony and Guy in London. In fact, right. I thought, okay, this is quite promising. Um, and um, but I tried to explain to him that my, my hair is curly and wavy. I do speak Japanese. Um, mm-hmm. And that um, be careful uh, because it will become curly once it's cut short. Um, and but he didn't realize one that um, my hair color was my natural hair color. Right. And he didn't realize um, that my curls were my natural curls. So he, in his mind, thought that it was um, permed. Wow. Um, so he tried to perm
0: my hair.
1: Oh, okay. And so, did you? Now, this, we always talk to our listeners about this, and I always go on and on about the need for consultations. Now, thankfully, in the UK, I do know from the experience I have and just from research I've done, most hair salons in the UK, especially those catering to Caucasian women, will do what they're supposed to do. Yeah. I'm not saying all do that. They don't but the majority will do a consultation so he didn't do from what you're saying it sounds like he didn't do a thorough consultation
2: basically or maybe he made an assumption um he 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 he, he was listening to me but at the Hmm? same time he wasn't listening to me he um, he believed that he knew better
1: oh dear okay yeah (laughs) Which which again is one of those things that we we just like to say, you know, if the hair is on your head, you know your hair best. <laughs> you have to work. So we have an episode where we spoke about hair relationships. And and we highlighted this, that there's three people in the relationship. There's your hair, there's your stylist, and there's you. Yeah. So basically, you live with your hair, so you know, and your, your stylist is supposed to help you explain and decipher what your hair is saying, and then together you decide what would be in your hair's best interest. So I, also, it just looks like, oh... On behalf of my profession we have to hold our hands up and say we need to do a better job I just thought it was I thought it was me and I thought it was us and I thought it was a thing within our community so it's interesting to hear that it just seems to be a hairdresser thing
2: um maybe I I I don't I don't know enough on that level to know whether it's a thing or if it's just yeah but it sounds like everybody somewhere has an experience like that and when you travel um you're more likely maybe to encounter it because you're going to go to parts of the world where your hair is just not you know so sort of the norm
1: exactly yeah yeah
2: so then but on the to- other side i also have japanese co-workers and friends here who complain of the same thing um they they say that they find it very difficult to find hairdressers here or they only go to japanese hairdressers yes. because japanese have quite thick hair um, yes and um, so, again, they have the same issue where hairdressers the assume... hair is super
1: straight. their hair is very super straight. Yes. So that can be a, a styling challenge. For I think it's more to do with even when stylists are trained, they just lack sufficient experience in dealing with a particular type of hair.
2: Maybe. Yeah.
1: I think that's that's what's that's the pattern that's beginning to emerge. I think I'm I'm noticing that when um when you do your hairdressing training mm. you you don't necessarily always have access to yeah yeah many hair textures as you ought to have. So they know stuff but they know things theoretically.
2: Right, it's like you you learn it in the textbook but you don't get to put it into practice and and you you gain knowledge um uh, by experience.
1: Mm. Mm, exactly. And, and so this is interesting, because one of the things that we're trying to do here at Nyasha Musa Grace, the podcast, is to just highlight the need for changed training standards and uh, just a change in the a shift of how people are trained mm-hmm. and in the training that is available to people, because, you know, there's a lot of models that will complain that when they go to certain types of shows or they show up for a shoot, there's a hairdresser on set but the hairdresser really doesn't know what to do with their hair Mm. and it's not because the hairdresser isn't trained it's just because she doesn't have the experience of doing certain things you know certain textures of hair Mm. but so apart from japan have you ever had another interesting or less than acceptable hair experience elsewhere maybe in europe somewhere
2: um yes also um in france when i go to visit <clears throat> my um grandfather which i did mm-hmm. in january and also a, a, another time before that um i i basically hadn't done my hair in a while i i'd left it too long a couple of months and um, my step grandmother started complaining oh you really need to get your hair done and, <laughs> <laughs> like i cannot like be seen with you looking like this so like it's quite hard. <laughs>
1: so your hair was reflecting badly on her
2: my hair was reflecting badly on her <laughs>
1: right so you off you go to the hair salon no so in-
2: I went to the hair salon that she told me to go to and um, I explained to them um, my hair and what it needs um, and again um, it was another experience where I was sort of telling her this is what's going to happen and this lady's like you know be confident in me I know what I'm doing. It's a very—I don't know how it translates, but um, so don't worry about it. Basically, I know what I'm doing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Um, hear that.
2: And um, and basically, uh, they um, just cut the bottom. They did no layering at all. Wow. So basically, it kind of felt like I hadn't got half the split ends cut off. So um, it still felt as lank and as lifeless as it was before just slightly cut at the bottom right um so I and I basically was very I you you know I think when you have your hair cut um your hair is kind of a bit like a plant and so it's like being watered or something like that and you feel happy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah Um, and I didn't have that happiness um so I went back to uh, my hairdresser in London And um, he took a look at it and he was sort of like, what have they done?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So tell me, just going back a little bit to this Mm. experience in France, how did you you manage that? What do you explain it to us? Because you see, this is another thing that a lot of our listeners identify with. They walk in, they either want their hair braided or they want, most of them will go and they want their hair braided or they want it styled somehow. They go in, they have an idea, they have a picture, they show this person the picture, the stylist the, sh- the picture, this is what I want, can you do this, yes, yes, whatever. Um, and then they start to have their hair braided and it's it's um, either the blow-drying experience is unpleasant. So where your hair is curly, imagine your whole head is curly and your curls are tighter. Yeah. You've now I've got somebody trying to blow dry your hair. And by the time they finish, you've got a little micro headache going on. Yeah. And then start to braid and they braid quite tight. Yeah, and, so
2: it feels like uh, blood constriction. Oh. Exactly.
1: And we keep saying to our listeners, we need to stop this. We need to get up and walk out. We need to say stop. We need to do. And it's almost like I'm hitting my head against the brick wall. And people because-
2: stay and, and they just let them, they don't complain or...
1: I think sometimes it's politeness. Sometimes it's just because we're so used to being, you know, just to these negative experiences. We think, I won't come back here.
2: But I don't want to make a scene.
1: Exactly. So I just want to know, if you can share with our customers, with our listeners, you were sat there, you were the client, you realised she wasn't doing what you wanted. How did you handle that? So at first I
2: thought it was a language issue. I thought maybe, maybe, because I'm not entirely bilingual, I thought maybe... Maybe I made a mistake. Um, right. So I started looking it up in the dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> oh. the words I was looking for, and she's like, "No, that's right. I I, I understand you. It's not an issue." <laughs> just sort of like, um, and um, You're like, this is not what I want. Yes, this is not what I want. Um, but then, exactly, probably as you just described it, now eventually I gave up. Um, yeah. And I thought, okay, well, I can't make a scene, and I just want to go home to my headrest. And he knows me, and I don't want to deal with this again. Um.
1: Yes. And so you'll never be going back to that hair salon again. No, never,
2: house. never. Um, and it's funny because my my step my, my step grandmother was just like um, praising them to the stars, saying they were fabulous. And then I came back, and then she was like, "Oh well, I never get my hair cut there. I get it blow dried."
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh well, thanks for telling me after I've been. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, okay.
2: In Japan, uh, yeah, again, I, I didn't make a scene, but I sort of basically. When he tried to perm my hair, I, I stopped him. <laughs>
1: okay. Oh, um, well, that was good. Otherwise, you'd have wound up with a perm you didn't want.
2: Yes, which I've never had in my life, so I don't really know how that would have turned out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it would have been an interesting experiment. <laughs> so, so maybe you can tell me now. Yeah. Um, do you find that you have hair challenges and frustrations? Mm. Go on. If you can share some of your hair challenges and frustrations again, just bearing in mind that the majority of our listeners are thinking you've got it good,
2: you know what? In so, in some ways, I've got it good because it, I don't have to have my hair braided. Um, <laughs> for, for one, um, yes,
1: it's not, a, it's not a necessity,
2: it's not a necessity, it doesn't have to be so complicated, but on right. the other hand, um, I think. I don't ha- I feel like I don't have many options with my hair. Um <laughs> there's not much fun in terms of doing it up. Maybe I just lack experience. Maybe I'm just one of those girls who never really was maybe a bit too tomboyish or something and I just didn't really make an effort. But um I know I don't like having my hair straightened. Okay. Um I know I prefer it um sort of wild and curly because that's how- it feels like it how it should be. Yeah. Um so can... I'm
1: just going to pick you up on something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because I like to be difficult every now and again. Because when I'm at work, I, I deal a lot with the same expressions that you're using. Some yeah. of my clients will use that to describe their hair. And I am just I just thought it was a, a black community thing or a mixed race thing. But now I'm realizing, okay, so curly hair, regardless of where it's found, yeah. seems to always be described as wild and bushy. Why do you think we do that? Sorry, I know you weren't
2: expecting to- because. Um, I don't see it as a negative but I do okay. remember when I lived in Japan it was when you're in looking in the job market because they're so used to straight hair they think that should be like the description or you know they they how can I say um they feel like curly is wild and bushy yeah um and for me I say that but I don't see it as a bad thing I guess mm-hmm. um <laughs> I see it as like freedom.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. And that's, it it should be freedom, but it's not. And so this is why I usually like to ask people and I sort of pick out, you know, when people are using those terms, I'm like, well, but why do we, why is it we're describing curly hair as wild and bushy and and all sorts of other words that I Mm. use? Um, It's just so interesting because you would think, you would think that this is something that would happen only with, curly hair as experienced by maybe say black women Mm. but clearly it's just a curly hair thing
2: it's a curly hair thing (laughs) some hair is curlier than others but it's a curly hair thing
1: of course yeah it's a it's it's definitely a curly hair thing okay that's brilliant so um I just wanted to know that given everything that you've been through different continents different countries with your hair what do you feel um hairdressers or hair hair care professionals need to be aware of just as a part of how they do their job and as a part of their training in order to be able to deliver a service that leaves our clients happy because ultimately when people go to the hairdressers it's it's a treat yeah you know for most of the time because we can always shampoo our own hair at home we can blow dry our own hair at home so Going to the hair salon is a treat. It's one of those things that you think, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to pamper myself. It's also a time for people to just indulge in a little bit of self-care. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way. Yeah, what would you like to see just so that regardless of where we are going, regardless, because people are traveling so much. Yeah. And we wind up in spaces and in places where we need to get our hair done. What would you like hair care professionals to be aware of? I think you
2: put a good point there we're now living in a world which um, people do business trips they travel all the time they live abroad for long periods of time and that can literally be the other side of the world Um, yeah so it's a market and I think it's a market that those local hairdressers need to take into account and um, try and gain the experience that they can um, Mm -hmm. because it's 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 not only a great experience for the person, but it is also more money for them as well if they can diversify their skills. Diversify their skills, um, and also my dad always used to say. Um, my dad used to be like a, an editor um, mm-hmm. for a news program, and he was a, he would always say, "Assume nothing and check everything." <laughs>
1: yes. Oh, that is so good. That is that is a very useful piece of advice for all of us. I think. In whatever we are doing,
2: mm.
1: assume nothing. Say that again, please. Assu-
2: assume nothing and check everything.
1: And check everything. So that I is- think
2: for hair, maybe um, never assume the hair appears what it to be what it is. Um, it has the, the tendency to change. Mm. And um, check everything in the sense that, you know, check with your client thoroughly with what they actually want and ask for. And be honest if you can't necessarily deliver it.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, in earlier episodes, I always talk about people that have champagne tastes, but on a Lambrini budget, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you have you have these very expensive, Just this is me just speaking from the stylist's point of view that I don't know how much it happens in the world of, of Caucasian women, but sometimes people want things that are unachievable almost. Mm-hmm. For me, the important thing is consultations. Consultations will mean that both of you come to an agreement before mm. your hair has been handled or manhandled, whichever way you choose to look at it. Mm. But it's so important, and I think just listening to you and to your experiences, I, 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 you know, I just think like even it doesn't matter who you are, but you have to insist that your stylist, especially if it's not somebody you've been to before. Yeah, If you have a regular stylist, they kind of get to know your hair and they kind of know what you like and what you do. They know you and you know them. But if you're in a new situation, I don't really think we should be allowing people to touch our hair <laughs> and do our hair unless we're satisfied with the level of consultation <laughs> that's been given. It's like don't do anything until you're happy with the consultation.
2: Yeah. I think also like um, now that the world becomes more global, um, when you're traveling on a business trip or something like that, it's really useful to have an app or something that can find your local hairdresser, um, find you a local hairdresser who has experience in your hair, raising that, you know, a bit like TripAdvisor but for hair. <laughs> if that's possible. Well,
1: that is a brilliant idea. They heard it here first yeah and we are try. we've been trying we we what we try what we do with our clients is I've never really thought to include Caucasian hair before to be honest but we will from now on just because we always say to our listeners please tell us about brilliant salons wherever they live Mm. we can share them with our listeners especially on instagram when we do our posts we shout out salons that we've heard good things about mm. just so that people can be aware so we are building a database um mm. helping, yeah, yeah yeah we we are on our website um if people go and check it out it's still obviously in the compilation stages we're still compiling all this information and we're also verifying Mm. um these these salons and places like that but that is such a very good point I like that you've brought out it would be nice to have a trip advisor for hair because I think that will force standards not just in in black hair care but just across the board
2: yeah yeah
1: to be improved it
2: makes it a little bit more competitive um and also like um I think also another thing you asked me about my hair experience and what what would make me was it was the question more satisfied like what would I like to see in the future?
1: what would you like to see what would you like to see um your hair care professionals providing or doing for you
2: um actually more advice about how to make my hair more creative um like um when I used to a long time ago I used to go to Tony and Guy Mm -hmm. um and constantly I was being uh, recommended to do the bedhead look well the bedhead look is very easy to do you can just go to bed and <laughs> wake up in the morning and you have wild hair and your hair's all over the place I do it every morning that yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah that's not necessarily what I want to go for
2: yes um, and um, even actually recently I traveled to Lagos about two years ago okay. Lagos in Nigeria yes and yes. the fashion there is amazing um and also the hairstyles are so creative and okay. it would be lovely to see more of that
1: ah okay
2: and even for people like me
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hear what you're saying though I have to say when it does come to to styling options I have to say mm. um the curlier your hair is the more versatile oh, the, yeah You can do with it, yeah. Unfortunately, which is this is one of the advantages I think of being black, just because the hair is way more versatile than straight hair can be. Yeah,
2: you can you can can play around with it more.
1: Not you can you can. It's slightly more fragile, so you've got to be more careful. Just because the curlier the hair, the more the twists and the bends. But definitely, it it'll be interesting to to see more people come up with creative styles that you can be a part of, that you can enjoy and so again it goes back to the training it goes back to how hairdressers are being trained and i think this is our passion project here because we 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 started a little mini campaign to say let's change how hairdressers are being trained because we are not being trained to the standard that the times we live in require mm. And, and it's, it's, it's lovely. This has been so eye-opening. And I hope it's been eye-opening for our listeners too, just to see that some of the struggles we have as black women are not just unique to us when it comes to our hair. It, it seems to just be a female thing. It just seems to be a thing thing. And I suppose the, the, I can't Every wait.
2: female has a hair insecurity. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. Because I was going to ask you, do you absolutely love your hair every single day of the week?
2: No, not every day of the week. There are down days and up days. Yeah. Um, today was a great day. Today was like my hair is sort of all happy and fresh and, and uh, just the right amount of product. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday was a very flat day.
1: <laughs> oh right, right, okay. So in terms of products now, because mm. we have um, this this thing, which again, from a professional point of view, I don't see the need for when it comes to styling black hair I'm like but your curls don't need that much product they don't need all that so it's interesting to hear you talk about your products so how how many products how many different types of products do you need to use for your hair
2: not many maybe not enough I'm <laughs> not sure <laughs>
1: um, nobody, you know. nobody needs to use the amount I sometimes see being touted as necessary on YouTube nobody needs that many products really
2: but just- how many products are there is it like those makeup videos where they start <laughs> off and it goes on for two hours
1: Yes, sometimes there's, there's some people out here saying you've got to layer this and layer that, and I'm sitting there thinking, but why? But why? But why? You don't need that. Um, but maybe you can just give us a little rundown of.
2: Oh, I feel like. <laughs> 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 I, I use like three products, so I feel bad now. <laughs>
1: No, no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. It's just so to know because honestly, when I'm at work in my day job, I'm always encouraging clients, you need a good shampoo, a good conditioner and a good oil or a good butter. You don't need too many other things.
2: Yeah. Butter helps a lot. Um, it, But then you have to, for me, it's trying to find the perfect butter or argan oil. If I yeah. use too much, then the hair gets too greasy too quickly. Um, If I just use a little bit and I rub it into the tips, then the hair will kind of um, and then if I did it the night before, then in the morning, the curls would be much more boy.
1: Thank you so much for being with us today, Katie. Hopefully it's not the last time we hear from you. We're so grateful that you came on and shared your hair experiences with us.
2: It's been great to be here and thank you so much for having me. And um, not at all, it was actually also a really good education for me as well. And um, I hope we can converse in the future.
1: Definitely, definitely. You're always welcome here. And if you ever do go to America and get your hair done, <laughs> let us know how it goes. Yeah.
0: We'll do. Thank so, you very much. Thank you. I loved that. I loved just hearing what Katie had to say in that episode. Mm-hmm. And just hearing a different perspective and a different voice. Yeah. 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 And
1: also to see where we intersect. Yeah. And where I just think the hair industry as a whole, regardless
0: of the colour of the people Mm. being serviced or the location of Mm. the people receiving the services, just needs to do better. Yeah. 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 Exciting. So we do want to do this more. And as I say, we want to hear more of your voices. And we'd love it if you guys could send us your voices. Send us in voice notes. We're actually working on an episode at the moment where we're going to compile different voice notes different experiences from different parts of the world together to really think about our hair Mm -hmm. our loves and our hates and what we want from it Mm so send in your voice notes please to the team at niashamusagrace.com for a chance to be featured in our coming episodes yay
1: we're really excited about that thank you to all those who've already sent in Mm -hmm. their voice notes we have taken note of it also when you send your voice notes. If you would like us to tag you when the episode goes out, which would be lovely so you can hear yourself Mm -hmm. on the episode, please just include um, your Your social handles. Let us know where we can find you. And once the episode goes out, we will look for you and we will tag you and you can hear yourself For sure. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Have a great week, guys. Take care.